Welcome yeah. to Talk Sucker. Ooh. Ooh. Adele? Is that you? No, bitch. <laughs> you think that Adele has this low of register? She does. Oh. <laughs> Have you not heard it? She's like, hello, it's me. <laughs> <laughs> I thought I was sharing. <laughs> Okar. I can't believe they didn't let Sharon to the club. <laughs> Studio 54, which brings us back to our topic of the day. 54. We watched the director's edit because that's the only version we have available to us. And then we also watched Paris is Burning. Like we had both seen Paris is Burning, but one of us not the whole way through. So Paris is Burning is fierce, so fierce, it's so amazing. If you haven't seen Paris is Burning, but you are a big fan of Drag Race, you should definitely go see it because a bunch of the stuff that comes from RuPaul's Drag Race that they say often is from Paris is Burning. I watched Paris is Burning like in season seven of RuPaul's Drag Race and then I was like, oh my gosh. Paris is Burning is where they get all their stuff, all their jokes like a touch this skin or like a woman do carry an evening bag. Everything, not everything, but like a lot of things. Category is, and then they'd be like executive realness. That was from whatever. Yeah, all the culture that they have in terms of wardrobe and like dressing up. And they started talking about like how that came from dressing up as Las Vegas showgirls. There was a lot that they pulled from there. Yeah. Ball scenes, for sure. Even like, we're throwing a ball and serve all these love. That's from like Paris is Burning and like the ball circuits. And there was like body, body, body. Yeah. Ooh, and then like people came out all naked and stuff. And I was like, yeah. Damn, body. Show that body. Settling in, settling in. Settling in, settling in. Settling in, settling in. Ready, lights off. You are listening to the sound of freedom. freedom. Welcome to Talk Soccer, episode 13. We believe unlucky, episode 13? No. Nah. Luckiest. Lucky, episode 13. This yeah. is where we're going to hit it off. Last time on my science lab, we were supposed to find the weight of an unknown, and my unknown was number 13, and it was awful because it had a lot of stuff in it that I had to sort through. Don't even get me started. Speaking of unknown, I've still never seen an unknown in the Pokemon Go Wild. Yeah, you have to go to specific places, and they're rare, even there. Oh, well, remember when they had worlds in our town, and yeah. we missed it, and unknown were allegedly spawning <laughs> everywhere? But I feel like we were apparently <laughs> near the area that they were supposed to be. We and were we a couple of times. Any. Yeah. Yeah. We saw some Kanka skin, but we didn't see any unknown. So I think we tried a little bit. But we I didn't. caught a mess ton of unimpressive Kangaskhan. Is Kangaskhan a lesbian icon? Is it? Maybe not a lesbian I think it's icon. Maybe like a single mom icon? Yeah. Oh, now I get it. Yeah, because Kangaskhan is the ultimate mother Pokemon. When it mega evolves. More than Blissey? Yes, because when it mega evolves, basically its baby grows up and they have. Their parental bond is what makes them the most powerful Pokemon in <laughs> Pokemon, basically. That's interesting. But anyway, we didn't even introduce ourselves. Do we do that after the theme song? After that rousing theme song? Can you believe that our theme song was nominated for a Peabody Award? Oh uh, my gosh. Yes. I was yeah. like, Peabody's, call me when it's something better. I'm a star, I know. It's my voice, clearly. Uh, 
I thought we agreed we'd never take individual credit for our award-winning theme song. But dun, that rule. Dun. I'm going to edit this all out later. I'm the tyrant of the show, editing it to shred. This is going to end up on the cutting room floor, figuratively, digitally. <laughs> okay. Oh, wait. Let's introduce ourselves. This is Talk Sucker, a queer-themed podcast with kind of a loosey-goosey theme, or reins. You know, we discuss whatever we want. Kind of. I'm P. I'm here with my sidekicks. Izzy. And Leo. Oh. The Curie. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, no. The topic for today is 54, a movie about Studio 54, and Paris is Burning, the iconic movie about the... Drag balls of New York City in the 80s and such? Yeah, yeah. 80s. Yeah. The drag circuit and such. What else did we see? Oh, and we were going to watch a special sitcom, Three's Company, because they hadn't seen it. And in the show Three's Company, one of the characters pretends to be gay so that he can live with two women in this apartment in Santa Barbara, I think. Unfortunately, it just wasn't accessible to us. Yeah. No, it is now. We have the first season. It is now. It is now. We'll We'll record this and then we'll talk about Three's Company. Serious terms. Yeah. Because as all of you who are watching this probably know, Three's Company was referenced in RuPaul's Drag Race. The most recent episode. Yeah. Where, spoiler alert, spoiler alert, the least necessary spoiler alert of all time. (laughs) (laughs) What are we talking about? Who went on? Drag Race? What? Sugar Cane. Oh, Sugar Cane. Sugar Mama? I feel badly because I think she was lovely, but she definitely had very few time doing drag and her inexperience showed time and time again sad as it is to say that but she was a good drag queen kind of she definitely seemed like she was really kind and lovely and had a good heart and had a lot of outfits that everyone went nuts for i wasn't into some of sugarcane's things like the painting the heart on the nose a little bit made sugar seem like a creepy overgrown marionette doll to me no did marionette's a dummy did anyone else not feel that that heart shape on the end of her nose gives her nose like a pinocchio-esque quality or something no i could see that but i definitely would say that my least favorite sugar outfit was what's your sign she's a scorpio and she wore like a mop on her head (laughs) hello girl i'm a scorpio too you're not representing properly what was the deal with the mop on the head i guess it kind of looked like a ponytail and that kind of made it think like scorpio but like if you're gonna do scorpio you better be wearing a braid with a spiky tail at the end. The braid with a bunch of sections, right? That's yeah. Like, yeah that's, that's how you gotta go, girl. I mean, like I said, I think she doesn't have very much experience, but then that's why she doesn't show very much flavor. Like, she doesn't have style choice in her, like, repertoire. And again, she seems totally great. I don't know if the producers made her do it. It seems like she says every sentence from a set of inflections that seem sugar approved. Why she talk like this? And then talks like this. And I'm just like, I get it, but a little bit it's difficult to listen to when someone always has an affected sing-songiness to what they're saying. Yeah. yeah. It was the same thing with Laganja. I do talk like this. <laughs> I don't even remember how she sounded in that moment. It's been so long. It's been distorted in my head. Okay, yeah. but what would you say is the difference between me saying, like, what you say? 
I'm doing that same thing. Let's say what you say is one phrase that when that phrase comes up, you say it and almost taking the role of in a sitcom when they have like a catchphrase. But imagine if you just said everything in that inflection. What are we having for breakfast? <laughs> oh, you're making eggs. Is yeah. this really how you communicate constantly like this? And then you talk like this. Yeah. At the very least, it seems very tiresome to me. Yeah. yeah. She's been doing drag for like six months. Give her really that short? Maybe two years to six months. I don't exactly remember, but she has not been doing drag for a long time. Because huh. she just decided to quit her job and do it. So. Her high-powered job. And everyone's like, she turned her back on six figures. To slum it on Drag Race. <laughs> She seems great. She seems fine. She wasn't my favorite. When I looked at the collection of contestants still in the show, we were all like, well, who's left to be chopped? Okay, yeah. Sugar's next. Yeah. Now who's next after Sugar? <sighs> Y'all have been saying Akira, but I feel like she was kind of pretty funny this episode. Rue laughed at maybe three of her jokes, and she's won two competitions. I think that I do have a prejudice when a queen doesn't do something that I immediately like or connect with. I kind of bring that to everything, and I'm like, oh, well, they'll be gone in a second. The queens that made it through to, like, top five, and I forget they were in this season when we rewatch it a month yeah. later. Like that Baratheon dude. Oh, Stannis? Good yeah. Oh, we could also talk about Game of Thrones. Let's okay. talk about Game of Thrones. I no longer work in an office, so appointment television is not something that I'm really that up on, you know, what people are watching, except for the things that obviously are, like, massive. Yeah. You know, because who knows what's hot in an office these yeah. days. I think, back to the drag race topic, I think the next on the chopping block, Shocking as it is, it's Vanjie. Oh, of course. They're Vanjie's of getting just as far as you can get, yeah. existing only off of an amazing cult of personality. Vanjie's like a crazy doll. You pull the string and you're like, it's going to be Vanjified and hilarious and just watch her spin around. But then, you know, at the end of the day, all of her stuff kind of looks the same. It kind of looks okay. You know, she's great. And of course, she has like personality in spades. At the same time, though, I feel like Brooklyn brings in the same level of intensity and excitement. Like, what if they both get put up on the block? Brooklyn is not going home. They love her. And She's I think they're making top three. I think the Vanjie train is running out of steam because yeah. I think she was going to go exactly as far as they were going to let anyone go whose drag isn't the most refined, developed. And not that oh, it's bad, but I mean, Silky. like, Silky has a lot of personality, and yeah. they're really loving it. And Personally, I've had my fair fill. share of yeah. Silky. I do love the thing that we noticed recently, that when she's doing her base makeup lately, it looks like some sort of bizarre racist caricature, Island's doll from like a long time ago, just with the aggressive makeup circles. And I understand that makeup is a layering process, but when they cut to that, cut with her being like, these other people's makeup is so bad, and I'm like, what? This disconnect <laughs> is crazy. Girl, look how orange you fucking look. <laughs> you know what's the biggest disconnect I ever saw? We should watch this. It's that show about addiction. My Strange Addiction. No, not My Strange Addiction. It's the one... The other one. The other one that's, like, more serious. The woman that was a huffer, which was, like, sitting in her car and being like, I am the most powerful person in the world, and, like, sucking on a can of air duster. And you're like, the reality versus how she feels and it's expressing herself is so sad and so... So Stark. So Stark, like the Starks from Game of Thrones. Ooh, let's talk about that. Let's Ooh. give it the absolute tea halfway oh, but, season finale. But, but first, we have to give a huge spoilers warning. A huge spoilers warning spoilers, to everyone spoilers, who's spoilers. listening to this podcast before having finished Game of Thrones. Yeah, spoilers. 
we will be frankly discussing who dies on Game of Thrones. Yeah, and how the ending is, basically. As someone who's like, this is my third episode watching Game of Thrones, I was like, damn, that bear, baby child, she gave it her all. Yeah, because what happened this episode? <laughs> I mean, this <laughs> We don't season. need to recap this episode. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. This season, there has been zero gay characters, which is what we care about. On the show. Yeah. Or in general. What about Tilda? You wouldn't consider uh, Tilda, Tilda any so sort of... Really? Tilda wants... Jamie. Yeah. The sexual tension between Tilda and Jamie is yeah. insane. And then, like... Tormund she, would throw it in her as well if she'd yeah. give him half a look, but she's just like, he, this guy's foul and filthy. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure she respects him, but, you know... It's kind of like a love triangle where, like, Tormund is, like, trying to get that, and then she's like, no, I'm not having it. I want Jamie. And then Jamie's like, ugh. But she also doesn't trust Jamie. She's, yeah. like, still, you know... Yeah, because he's, like, the king slayer. That's his whole thing. And he's been sleeping with his sister, so... And if any character on that show is completely ruled by social mores, it is Tilda. Yeah. She is the most honorable person out there. Honorable to a point where she looks foolish sometimes. Yeah. I feel badly because, like, the only honorable person to that degree in this show before was the main Stark man. What's his name? Ned. Ned Stark. And we all know how him following the rules led him to his death at the hands of Cersei, which was really tragic, but like he was foolish enough to fall custom to the very end. Can you give a short synopsis about what the Starks means? Because I'm like a little bit lost. About That's the family that the action started to play out when several things happened to key members of the Stark family. Remember the, the redhead chick? Yeah. She's a Stark. Her brother... Okay, but who was the dad, that Stark dad? You haven't seen him because he died very yeah. early in the he first season. He was in the first episode. He was, like, the main ruler. He was the he, son he of... He was the Hand of the King. Yeah. Oh, okay. He was the Warden of the North, or the King of the yeah. North, up until the King came back and yeah. was like, I need you to be my, like, advisor. Yeah. The Starks had a lot of kids, and not all of them made it to where we are, so... What's up with those direwolves? Where are those direwolves at? In the first episode, they found a whole bunch of puppies, and they were like, oh, we love all these puppies. All of the Stark children get one of these puppies. And the puppies died with the Starks, basically. Like, yeah. to signal the death of a Stark, they would often kill a puppy. Except for... One ran one away, and we've just never heard hide or hair of it again. No, that one made sense because Arya ran away. Yeah. The one that didn't make sense was for... Those of you who haven't seen it, when that dog bit someone and then Arya let it go, Sansa's dog, the redhead chick, her dog got killed in its place because Ned Stark was like, oh, this dog that bit the king, son. One of our dogs has to die and you let go of the free dog. This dog, even though it didn't do anything, a dog deserves to pay. So but that sort that of represents what happens to Sansa. She's yeah. just kind of like a hapless, getting thrown around from like bad situation to bad situation, paying punishments for other people's arrangements. You yeah. Know? Basically, the Stark dogs were a very good representation of what happened to Stark children because each of them got a dog. At certain points, one of the dogs would die and then the respective son would die as well. And Bran has a dire wolf that just uh, is also paralyzed on the back legs and it pulls itself around on a cart the way that those wow. cute crippled dogs do. I'm just yeah. kidding. It doesn't have that. <laughs> <laughs> I do think it's adorable. Not that I want, of course, dogs yeah. to be you know paralyzed, but the fact that they don't notice. They're just like... Yeah, I'm in a contraption, and you know what I mean? They seem to not really 
tie that much of their dog happiness into the fact that they have full mobility. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, you know what? Good for you dogs. Yeah. Teaching us how to live, sometimes. And other times, teaching us how not to live. <laughs> Back to the topic of the day. Studio 54. Ooh. And Paris is burning. Touch all this dire wolf skin. <laughs> No, we're not going back to that until we go to the <laughs> Game of Thrones episode. Paris is Burning. I told the gang here that I had seen it in a cinema studies class because we had a very cool teacher. Yeah. And they were like, but sure, wasn't yeah. it, didn't it come out in 1990 when you saw that, when you took that class? Oh, I thought it came out in <laughs> 1964. Oh, in my school, allegedly in the 60s was cool. Like Warhol and the Velvet Underground visited. There's all sorts of underground. And then you joined. Thing. And then I got there and I squared up the joint. I was just a CIA plan. Like, Come on, Andy. Come on. Mm-hmm. Oh, gee. What did you think of the Andy Warhol in the movie 54? He was okay. We didn't get to see the front of him. I think the brown was showing underneath his wig. First off, he had some hair under his wigs. And he had lots of wigs that were like white and black sort of underneath. So that that's kind of like what a lot of his wig slash hair wig setup would normally look like. It was just a little tease. He was like, oh, you know, yeah. I got hair under here. <laughs> I got something. <laughs> but what am I showing? I'll never tell. Ooh, Brittany Murphy. Remember when Brittany Murphy was alive saying, I'll never tell. No. I only know about I'll never tell is Alyssa's secret, which is not a very well-kept secret. Oh, right. I know Eddie Murphy. <laughs> I don't think they're related. But you never know. They could be. Ooh, would you guys ever do that ancestry DNA test thing? Hell to no. Oh, because they'd run it on a criminal's database and suddenly every member of your family would get thrown in the clink? No, because <laughs> I don't want a massive corporation to just have free access to all my DNA history. Like, you don't know what they're going to do with that. Like, they could make clones of you and turn them into sex slaves or something like that, you know? Oh, really? Oh, my clones would be so happy. We're <laughs> not quite there yet. But, I mean, potentially, that's something weird they could do with it. Do you think it's wrong to clone humans? Maybe. Because then you end up without a soul? No. Do you believe in the soul? People don't have souls. That's not Definitively, you think that people don't have souls. I think that it depends on what you consider the soul. Like, if you're talking about some sort of magic... Does it exist? Who knows? I definitely think what people are calling a soul is definitely most likely some sort of electrical circuit having weight. Because like when you immediately die, you lose a bunch of weight immediately for some reason. And it seems like... Sounds like a good exercise. (laughs) Then you're dead. (laughs) But it seems like maybe while your body's functioning, because it is passing signals back and forth through your brain and the rest of your body, you're like heavier because of those signals. And like that might be what people are attributing to a soul, which might be a very interesting concept. But I don't know yet because I'm not yet a chemist. But I'll get back to you. Do you believe in reincarnation? No. I'd love to. I'd love to believe that I'm going to be born into the next life. Here's the thing. All of the material is the same. So in theory, reincarnation is the only thing that is possible, except unless, of course, you're tying it to a magical element where you live many lives through time. Here's the thing, though. I feel like in that sense, reincarnation is not necessarily possible because only some of the molecules that used to make up you make up another being. And that's with everything. Like, we probably have at least one molecule from Einstein each, if not more. I mean, I, I feel know like I would imagine yeah. it kind of like the bunch of shards in Steven Universe that are a huge thing and can collaborate with one another. 
but this is what you don't understand. For example, Einstein breathed a whole bunch during his life. All that carbon dioxide went into the atmosphere and distributed evenly. So basically, it's very likely that in the air, you're breathing a piece of carbon dioxide that Einstein exhaled. It's very based on probability, but it's likely that you're made up of famous people. And but there's so many matter, famous people. But it doesn't matter. It's not like because you had one of Einstein's molecules, you'd have an inclination towards being science-y, right? Yeah, that's not what I'm implying. But the thing that I'm implying is that like molecules go everywhere and everyone's made of everyone else's molecules from the past. But that we, doesn't mean we're reincarnating. You're welcome. We and everything in this world are made of stardust. Yeah. That's one of the lines from one of the presentations at the observatory. Yeah. And uh, when we left, we said to some friends that I was with, so everything's made out of stardust. And they're like, yeah. And I was like, oh, you guys knew that? And they're like, no, but now we did. <laughs> <laughs> Just the way that they like so naturally affirmed, you know, my... Because I was like, that was the first time I'd heard it. I guess because I'm a non-sciencey person. Yeah. And maybe I'd heard it and just forgotten it because I've been like, sure. But if everything's stardust, then what is it really to be made of stardust if literally everything is stardust? Everything is made out of stuff. Can I just say, I pooed stardust. Ooh. Mm, no. That's how big of a star you are. <laughs> <laughs> No, you're just either a unicorn or have a bad bowel. Speaking of wanting to be a big star and pulling out stardust, what did you think of the desire for some sort of level of fame or notoriety from the cast of Pose. Paris is Burning? <laughs> yeah. Paris is Burning. He was well, saying it like you say Pose. That was that bit. <laughs> yeah. But go ahead. There was a varying level of people that were trying to reach fame. And then also in the same way that 54. Yeah. Club 54, there was a huge amount of them trying to follow fame and become more famous and become more risky and things. But at the same time, it didn't seem like they ended up reaching happiness in any sort of way. Oh, clearly it was about how their pursuit of this fame and because the thing is they really did get to be in the mix with that fame but in a service capacity and clearly the movie showed a lot of the grotty side of their yeah. work whether it be prostitution or just having to take crap from people spending money at a disco yeah there was yeah. a lot of sex work in terms of like how people were treated and people ended up trying uh, to yeah. achieve some sort of I want to suck your cock. That was a clip of 54 that I just played of Mike Myers coming on to Brecken Meyer. For Studio 54, I just, I was going to say this about Paris is Burning, that I very much related to how they were trying to acclaim Bane and leave their mark upon the world. Because like, I find that me and myself am trying to do the same thing because I am pursuing chemistry and like, really I'm pursuing a Nobel Prize where like, I want to leave my mark upon the world and become... Famous to some people where like I can say like, oh, I achieved the same level of prestige as someone like Mary Curie, an amazing feminist pioneer, really. So I think that's true of all things and all people and situations. Like if you look at everyone in 54, even within that, there immediately is the jockeying for position. And at the end of the night, it's kind of like, what was the big prize? Like, that you got more prostitution gigs? 
you know, it's like you got more cash as a bartender. Yeah. And it just seemed like sort of crazy. Like they seemed like they were having a miserable time and they were always involved in the longest night of their lives. You know, it seemed like the fun stuff happened earlier and they were just involved in like the grueling agony of like it wrenching out at the end. And I mean, if you see like how people were splitting up their time, these people were working the whole time during the night while the rich people were the ones having fun during the night. It wasn't their work to do that. It was their fun time to be spending money. And they felt like they were in the mix because of their proximity to it but it's a different sort of situation just because they were treated like i guess possessions or playthings, you know made fun of service i feel like just in general it's so dehumanizing to even just like like they don't even see them as a human doing some sort of like thing it's just like a service like kind of robotic in a way I think also Paris is Burning showed how people have this desire for order and to try and eliminate chaos. They were talking about how they make up these sort of bizarrely specific categories that kind of evoke an emotion and then people want to be like, that is not the letter of the law with realness, eleganza, whatever the specificity of it is. And I feel like that's because people want there to be some sort of order, even with those people whose lives were obviously a lot more intense and dangerous than our lives they were like our house is the best we're keeping these people in order it's like they had to form their own form of like creating order when you're in like such a chaotic situation you just want stability and you want to fit in you want to be part of a community and that's what was the driving force behind the whole ball circuit do you think that exile communities can no longer form because of how easy it is for everything to be interconnected because of the internet? I think the internet allows outsider communities to form more easily within each other because it's so much easier to find someone who agrees with you because of the internet. But then they're no longer outsider communities. They're just niche insider communities. But I feel like just because you're not in exile on the internet doesn't mean you're not in exile in the real physical world. Okay, you bested my argument there with that one. But all we have these days is communication, no? I mean, are you going to let go of your physical form and like just be on the internet? Would you give up your corporeal form if you could have infinite life as memory or information? I can be a cloud of purple gas. Sure, let's go for it. So you'd want to be some sort of like miasma or what have you? Yeah, just like poke my squishy plasma. This specific question actually came up to me because I play a D&D group of Invisible Sun and like one of the characters that I had the ability to choose basically did that. Like part of the thing was that they would give up their physical body and like become the internet. I was like, hmm, that doesn't sound that fun. So I chose like some person who like talks to walls basically. <laughs> so you wouldn't give up your physical body, yadi yadi? No. I am serving all this body. You wouldn't all... want to be serving digital realness? No. I want to serve body realness and show Show all my tits, all my badge. I'm just kidding. Oh, no. I'd be trying to show some Hatsune Miku real. <laughs> oh. I thought about it earlier today, how when I announced to you both that I wanted to just achieve enough fame to date Hatsune Miku, you both instantly said she would never date me. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's true. Whatever. Because Hatsune, I know that they're just trying to keep us away from each other. Hatsune, meet me at the design location. Damn, you're on first name basis? That's real, man. If you were on a first name basis, you would call her Miku. Because they do, they do it reverse style, right? Yeah. The thing is not that like Hatsume Miku wouldn't do you. I think she would love you. But I think... So you're telling me that this hologram would do me, but yes. she wouldn't date me. 
The thing is that her management would have a problem with her you said with her, her yeah. with her, her with thing, her like persona and yeah. her image. Her thing is that she doesn't have a man that she's available for anyone to fantasize about. Basically, Ooh. that's she's like the ideal Stefford wife kind of. But she's not a separate wife because she has she her has own ideas. She, yeah, she has her own ideas. She has autonomy. She sings and dances. She writes killer songs. You heard it here. Hatsune Miku has autonomy. Well, Here's I'm saying Hatsune Miku is not a Stepford wife, of course. The thing is, she is not necessarily a Stepford wife, but she definitely does anything you command because as its basic form, it's a voice that you conduct to do absolutely anything and like she thinks about super crazy things if i'm not mistaken she was having some sort of rivalry with some of the other holograms they kind of like had a falling out in some of the songs i remember we were watching a couple of videos and you're explaining to me and i was like this is so bizarre and i can't believe that it's a given that she wouldn't date me <laughs> yeah it's a fact that hatsune miku will not date me and a middle part i'm sorry a middle part is a fact that was also drag race yeah for those of you not in the know. If you're not in the know, go watch Drag Race. Do yourself a favor. If yeah. you're listening to this show, I well, guarantee you will love Drag Race. How many listeners do you think began listening to this episode, paused it, watched the entirety of Game of Thrones, watched the entirety of Drag Race, <laughs> and then resumed this episode? Aw, whoever did that, you're so sweet. If someone did that without knowing, write into the show. We want to do a show all about you. Yeah. Yes, email us, please. At Totsucker, something <laughs> or other. You I guys, think it's talksucker at gmail.com. Or just message us on our Instagram. Yeah. At talksucker. I think it's that one person in Jabuti. You know it is. Yeah. We gotta make a lead chat or some sort of thing. A Reddit? For that one person in Jabuti. Ooh. In Jabuti. Stan Jabuti. Meet you in Jabuti. <laughs> You are once again listening to the sound of freedom. Welcome back to Talk Sucker. Unlucky episode 13. Super lucky episode 13. Yeah, True. that's not what my grandma said. Do you believe in luck? Yes. Is he? Do you believe in luck? Yeah, sure. I mean, obviously, luck is just the name that we call like the scientific preponderance of it's probability in your favor. What about this? This is a different question. Because I asked that question because some people don't believe in it. I'm like, how could you not believe in this abstract concept that it exists? You know what I mean? Do you think that objects can be lucky or unlucky? That they can possess some sort of inherent luckiness? I feel like yes to that. I don't usually agree with what people define as lucky. I believe in luck, but I don't believe that items can be lucky. Because how I see luck is you either spend a bunch of luck in a single place and you have a set amount of luck. So if you use up your luck in one place, you will be less lucky in other places. But if you use it on specific tools, like I feel like, I don't know. No. There's I, like things attributed to like how you use them and then like they build stuff up. I think once you use your luck for a certain amount of time, you have to either get a lot of bad luck and then that means you'll have good luck in the upcoming time but you don't think any like certain areas or like things items don't be... increase it i don't think so or, like even like areas or, like, no places? i don't think places increase it i feel like there might be a way for you to force yourself to have bad luck and then that would increase your luck for the next few days or so i don't think i agree with that because i feel that luck is one of those concepts that ebbs and flows strongly and continues the way it's going like people who believe they have good luck or who say they have good luck have luckier things happen to them 
and the same that people who claim to possess a bad luck and i know that that could be with what your mind is like throwing out into the world but the fact that something could be seen as lucky and then at the very least perceive how others act when they're near it to cause lucky situations no i think for that instance it's more like that person is more often likely to acknowledge the good things that happen to them and be like oh this happened to me because it's good luck and when like they have bad stuff happen to them they forget about it your point before i think it would be impossible to cause bad luck for yourself you'd either be on purpose doing something that was in some way harmful to you or your luck would kick in and you trying to do this would actually backfire in I some could see way that too. i could see that too but i don't think that you could on purpose it's not like you're like oh i'm gonna get hit by a car on purpose today so that i'll win the lottery tomorrow yeah i think that is a crazy calculus yeah yeah i feel like you can increase your probability of going through bad things but i don't know if that would mean decreasing your luck yeah. Specifically. I think luck is like a magnetic field that it's on one way or on the other. So I wouldn't be dancing around trying to switch it to bad luck thinking I'll be getting a bigger boost of good luck later. I think you could just make a complete sea change and it would be a nightmare. But back to the topic at hand, Studio 54 and Paris is Burning. Originally, we had mentioned Pose because Pose is set in the same world as Paris is Burning. Yeah. And then we were like, well, that would be more related. And then we looked up that Paris is Burning was one of the first hits from Miramax Studios or Miramax Pictures, whatever yeah. they were called. And they also were the ones that owned and purchased just the screenplay for 54 and then completely took away control from the director and the reason they did it was because they were skittish about the extreme gay content really i didn't know that's what it was about i mean we haven't seen the, the Miramax version, version. Yeah. we've only seen the director's cut because that's the way he would have wanted us to see it and yeah. i was like you know what he's a friend yeah honestly now that i know that because i didn't know that before i definitely noticed a bunch of like gay being normal content for a hot minute while the movie was beginning i was like was studio 54 a gay bar it seemed like it a little bit it wasn't a gay bar it yeah. was just a popular discotheque but that kind of but popular discotheque people. yeah like they had capote in there and he was like very gay yeah but he wasn't someone just in the back he was someone that was being celebrated yeah and he had like his office there basically who is the gayest writer who would you guys propose as the gayest writer what do you mean by that exactly you have to answer it how you're going to answer it and we'll see what you think the question means. what's the gay writer i don't know who wrote for the show no i just mean like the gayest writer that's ever existed if there's a writer that you're like oh you know when abraham lincoln wrote these <laughs> nothing okay i would have to go with ernest hemingway <laughs> okay. he wasn't gay though i'm just kidding okay i say freud Freud was a freak. A Don't even. <laughs> I think it was. Oh, Gore Vidal. I think he had sex with 10,000 men. Who? Gore Vidal. Oh, Jean Genet. Ooh, Jean Genet. That's yeah. a good one. Jean Genet was sick. Honestly, I feel like whoever wrote Holden was probably gay, but he wasn't, which is annoying. But whatever. You remember Catcher in the Rye? Holden? Holden Caulfield? What was his name? The guy that wrote Catcher in the Rye? Yeah. You remember him. No. He has that TV show on BoJack that you like. <sighs> Hollywood Celebrities. I don't remember what his name is. J.D. Salinger. J.D. Salinger. 
He's an elusive figure as yeah. well. He died semi-recently, but he was one of those people that ducked out and everything. And it made me think of a comment that I made while we were watching Paris is Burning that everyone immediately was like, that got dark. I was like, this movie didn't come out that long ago, 1990. And these people are not that old in this movie. But there's a high likelihood that many, many, many of these people have died because of the groups that they come from represent. Yeah. While you were saying that, I was like, yeah, that is very true because it was like the whole AIDS crisis and like a bunch of stuff. Even within the context of the movie, I didn't want to say this at the time, but because Izzy had been seeing it for the first time, but like Venus Extravaganza dies during the movie, which is a lot sadder than like when someone dies in like another movie because this is a documentary. Like she really was strangled violently in a motel and she died. And that was just like a normal day. It's not like they yeah. filmed the documentary being like, oh, and it'll run up to this hideous violent crime. It's just like, that just happens. Like, yeah. And like at the same time, it's not like, I feel like a lot of people dismiss deaths in the queer community because they're like, oh yeah, it is like only AIDS or whatever. But this was just like plain out murder and homicide. And that's something that happens to people, especially because like when you said, oh, they're young, like, most of them are going to die. It doesn't mean like it's specifically from AIDS. Like people just that are black and trans or like trans people in general just die at an early age because they've been murdered or like because of many other like reasons yeah like they're starving on the street they said in paris is burning a bunch that like some of them just don't eat whether it's because they can't eat and or because they're trying to look as thin as possible and that can be just so harmful for your health yeah it's yeah. a rough situation i told them a story earlier i don't even remember where i heard this story about how notoriously difficult and finicky it was to get into 54 about one time when Cher was at the door and she asked the doorman if you knew who she was and they were like uh, yeah you're not getting in and <laughs> what i'm sure was the cattiest bitchiest voice imaginable <laughs> I think it might have been some documentary I saw. And the doorman was like, I was like, you know what, Cher? <laughs> I know who you are. <laughs> That's crazy. Because, like, learning about her, funny enough, from Drag Race, she seems like a very crazy famous woman who? who's been famous for who? a million years. Oh, Cher. Cher? Oh, yeah. I mean, her home is like a giant compound island. One can only imagine. We tried to go there. Of course I remember. That's true. Have you ever told that story on the show? How we famously... We had a play date set up with Cher, and then she sort of, I guess, stood us up. <laughs> she semi-ghosted us. I kind of tried to subtweet at her, but it just didn't seem like she got the message. Oh, I super-tweeted at her. <laughs> oh, Cher. But you know what? I can't stay mad at her. I'd forgive her. That being said, I hope people don't think I'm some sort of crazed old-school Cher fan. I know, like, the three and a half songs that everyone else knows. <laughs> Should we go around Robin naming Cher songs? We'll see who Believe. Can... No, don't expose me like that. The one that she sang with Sunny, that one from one Groundhog Day. I'll be there, babe. No, I got you, babe. <laughs> the one that she sang with oh, Christina man. Aguilera. And then she had that one where she was wearing like duct tape and a fishing net, and it was like on a yacht. Or it was like on a yacht or like United States boat of some sort, you know? Hung up. <laughs> That's, That's Madonna. Madonna. <laughs> I know this Madonna, but just because Cher hates Madonna. Who are we talking about? Kylie Minogue? No. In My Arms? Kylie Minogue's In Your Arms, brought to you by Kylie Minogue's In Your Arms. Available on iTunes. Use <laughs> iTunes slash TalkSucker. Yeah, use the code TalkSucker and you'll get... Error. <laughs> <laughs>
It'd be fun if they didn't get any percentage off, but a slight percentage of it went to like a charity instead oh. of the person buying stuff. Our internet connection went to the FBI. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know about that. <laughs> Back to the topic at hand. Oh, wait. So did you guys think that there was a lot of gay content in 54? I thought there was some, but there was some. in many ways it showed, because that's the thing. It's not like the whole thing was gay orgy. Yeah. It showed, like, how the Breckenmeyer character was really uptight about it and, like, considered letting Steve Rebell give him oral sex, but then he just couldn't do it. He also went through that thing where he was trying to kiss that other dude. Yeah, I feel that the Ryan Phillippe character kept getting jerked around in the most cruel way possible. Like, he kept on almost kissing and being like, oh, but we're married and you're just, like, a weirdo. Like, you're some sort of, like, gross thing, you know? So many times they kind of, like, invited him in and then... He either auto-eliminated or they made him feel like, in reality, it was just like he was the outsider, you know? Yeah. Do you think he's attractive, the lead guy in this movie? Yeah, he has, like, a good body in this movie. People always found him really attractive. I'm like, I don't know. He seems kind he's of... He's blonde and he's white. That's what you need to appeal to America. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Sounds Aryan, to be honest with you. Yeah. <laughs> it is. <laughs> yeah. It sounds Aryan. Do we have to go deeper into this? Because to me, he just seemed sort of like, you know, a cute kid, but then also like he could be mean. Even though he seems a kind and lovely person, I'm sure I don't know him from Adam, but you know, something about his look and how he looks like so polished and mean and white. I guess he also plays some mean characters. I mean, that's a little bit. You get like the niceness and then you get people being like bad or whatever. Yeah. He's like one of those Sour Patch kids. He's, like he's, he's naughty and then he's nice. Talk sucker. Brought to you by Sour Patch kids. Oh man, Please imagine if they started us. sending us Sour Patch Kids. Uh, mm. I would lose all my teeth instantly because I would oh, yeah. eat all of them. Oh, and then we could just do like a daisy chain of sponsors. Then the next sponsorship could be like a dentist office. <laughs> and we could be like, oh, we have all our teeth are fake. Mike, <laughs> Mike Morrell's <laughs> dentist agency. Go to Mike Morrell. He'll give you new fake teeth. You can hear our gums slapping up against each other in the next episode. Next <laughs> ASMR talk sucker episode. Ooh. Yeah. Speaking of gums. We got to talk about the elephant in the room. The old lady in 54. Because she was serving it the entire time. She was great. She was a fantastic character. The thing that I didn't like was that she was so cool in all her club gear. And then in her regular outfit, I thought her hair was a little disappointing. I guess that that was her thing. She was like playing such a square character yeah. like to be like a yeah, performance she, artist. She was pretending to be like that classic old grandma who's like kind of oblivious about everything and like she's got a hard candy in yeah, her pocket prinkling it in front of her grandmother oh if we were doing the ASMR podcast we could be doing that hard candy wrapper <laughs> bit right now people would be loving it they'd be like I put on Talk Sucker 15 minutes before bed I wind down I listen to old ladies unwrapping hard candies at operas Ooh. and then they're like boop <laughs> so she was serving it yeah and I did not think there was like tons of crazy gay content I thought that they showed some. it even one of Rubel's first monologues that he gave was talking about how labels like that don't really exist anymore and of course he was doing it to try and convince the straight yeah. bartender like let him yeah. to, suck your to cock. bar back as it were can I suck your cock <laughs> I thought that Mike Myers or Steve Rubel's outfits looked pretty cool. <laughs> no? Yeah. I was... remember them. I don't know. In one, he was wearing kind of like old-fashioned like denim pants or dungarees that were like kind of like loose and like a red shirt. Oh, and like, like Mario? Sneakers, like white sneakers. <laughs> no, because Mario wears like a... Uh, Blue dungaree. But it, it's like a... 
overalls? Overalls, yeah. This is, is, is just is that different than dungarees? Dungarees is just like denim pants, I think. Oh. I don't know what the specifications are. I thought they were are. overalls because I'm not from here. I, as you I, know. I was like, that sounds Australian. I don't know about that one. <laughs> I just thought that was a generic term for like denim pants, you know, jeans know. or something. I don't know what the difference is. I don't know much about denim because I think that it's really thick and uncomfortable. Unless you're six years old or a factory worker, why are you <laughs> outfitting yourself in it? But I understand that young people like it and think it's very cool. I think I might expect that look nice. Ooh, no denial. But whenever I have felt it, I'm like, oh my god, it's like so thick. It's Thank like you. a burlap sack. Then <laughs> the denim is like a burlap sack that they somehow added a bunch of starch to stiffen. It starts with like scratchy, thick burlap. Even burlap is thin and kind of soft. But it starts with like the worst, thickest version of that, and then they stiffen it some more. I don't get it. I guess I don't know anything about. <laughs> or denim pants. This episode is not brought to you by denim pants. <laughs> brought to you by wool. Ooh, magic. Everybody pepper. loves wool. Let's get our wool on. And me. Oh man, if we were sponsored by wool, that might be my favorite sponsorship. <laughs> Who did you say you want to be sponsored by? Oh, moths. Moths. No. <laughs> <laughs> they just that. give me socks. Yeah. Welcome mods into your house. Mods are zero tolerance pests, you guys. Everyone, all of our listeners out there, I've got some rules for life. One of them is that moths are zero tolerance pests. Along with cockroaches. Of course, along with cockroaches and... Ants. No, ants are not the worst. If you see one ant, you don't have to freak out. If you, you see can... one ant and you let it live, it will bring 10 million no, ants uh, with it. I've yeah. lived in some serious ant situation. I definitely know more about living with ants than you do, trust me. At one point, I was like ranked in the colony, I'm pretty sure. All I'm saying is that ants are not zero. Ants are very smart. They leave a chemical trail that lets other ants know yeah. where they came from or where they're going. Actually, it's kind of good if you... Uh, Kaiser Soze them, or whoever that guy was. If you <laughs> kill some of the ants, but leave some of the ants alive, they will run and scurry and tell the others what they saw here. And they'll be like, don't go back. It's just a bloodbath. They're just indiscriminately killing us. They're spraying soapy water, which somehow we can carry one billion times our weight, but soapy water instantly kills us. Because it melts their skin off, yeah. you insensitive brute. <laughs> Yeah, but I'm just saying, I feel like if you're an ant, everyone's always like, oh, ants are like the garbage trucks of the insect They world. are, honestly. They like, can carry, what is it, something like 200 times their body weight? Yeah. They're so like, smart. What diseases can you get from an ant? None, I don't think. But they can bite real hard, right? Only red ones. You want to hear a cute story about yeah. me from when I was a kid? Yeah. I was going to tell one of mine, but go for it and then my, I'll go. One of my aunts who <laughs> I was, you know, her like favorite nephew because I was adorable. You know, my Same. eyes were gigantic. My bull haircut. So proud. <laughs> anyway, as I was wearing like a blue cardigan. Which I, anyway, she asked me, who is your favorite aunt? And I said, las que no pican. <laughs> Something like yeah. that. Some kid answer like that. And obviously, I don't remember doing that. I just was told about it at a young age. Yeah, that's cute. My story was that when I lived in Mexico, in my town, we didn't have black ants. We only had red ants. Uh, you couldn't life. afford proper ants. That's no. how desperately poor you are. Because All of Leo's stories are like, let me redefine poverty for you. <laughs> <laughs> no, honestly, just in that region where I lived, there only existed red ants. And like for the longest time, I was like, ants are awful. Like I can't believe like in cartoons, they just walk around and do nothing. When I moved to this country, I was like, oh my gosh, ants here don't bite you. <laughs> <laughs> it was amazing one time either i tried to or no i think i failed at filling the principal's office with ants because 
ants are serious business in Mexico, where I come from. I feel like it would be difficult to corral that many ants. Maybe if you had some sort I, of like uh, ant hill. Okay, I was like, yeah, maybe if you flooded part of their tunnel infrastructure and led them someplace yeah. sure. No, ant fell. Ant hill. I mean. I thought you used ant fill, a product that you <laughs> used to fill some of the tunnels in an ant tunnel infrastructure to force them to go somewhere else. Ant fill. Talk something. <laughs> brought to you by ant fill. But back to Studio 54. Yeah. Actually, we just talked about that old lady we loved in Studio 54. I feel like an unappreciated jam from Paris is Burning would have to be that girl that was lip syncing at the end. Like, she came in after the credits and she was lip syncing the house down. Who is this? Just some girl in the credits. They didn't even name her. She was just lip syncing at the end and she was like yeah. shaking like crazy. She's the Cubby breakout character yeah. of the actual Paris is Burning. Because Cubby was just mouthing words in the background and fell in love Pose. with him. Yeah. Cubby from Pose, of course. Cubby My favorite from Pose. From Pose. Oh, she's trash. He didn't actually say that. He just mouthed it, yeah. which is better. Because you could hear it in like a, a room full of screaming people. You could still hear Cubby being like, she is trash. <laughs> One more thing about 54. I was telling these guys that 54 famously, the director of the movie, Mark Christopher, it was a big deal when he got it sold and made, and then the Weinsteins kind of like stole control. And I just found out today that it was because of the gay content, which I didn't think was even that over the top. Yeah. They showed nothing. Right? Yeah. They showed nothing. There was like no male nudity at all. And the kissing was just kind of that like implied kissing they show the back of someone's head and there's like a kissling noise there was kissing in that scene where the two where other bartenders yeah. but they were but like in a it. relationship like they're supposed to be like the catty married gay couple who are like they're falling apart because a crazy gay couple who works as bartenders at oh yeah but also the straight guy with his wife was hitting on the main dude and then they kissed and then they came out of that back room and then the owner was like oh you guys spent an awful time in that back room you remember that sure they showed some kissing but he also got rejected immediately yeah, after that true. and i feel like that's the only reason they showed it because the whole movie was about like buffeting philippe's character up and like hitting him down you know okay i could see that because yeah that guy got forced into a lot of gay situations because he was like basically a sex slave yeah. to all these rich people he didn't seem like he minded though yeah. so it made me feel like he was like oh yeah Whatever. Because he initiated that interaction because the yeah. other guy didn't because he rejected it. I also like how the article that they wrote about his bartender character was just, I can do anyone. Yeah, because like that's what he said. He was like, oh, I do impressions. I can do anyone. Yeah. And they took that out of context, <laughs> which I thought was pretty funny. And then I thought it was interesting that the boss character rubbed it in his face. He was like, was that the first time you saw one of those? The guy before you did one and the yeah. guy before him did one. And, like, you don't even know how long this is going on because we are way overdoing our taxes. <laughs> that was Interview Magazine, which was Andy Warhol's magazine, which oftentimes is either him and then other times a celebrity interviewing another celebrity. Oh, gee. Okay. Oh, gee, Rick. Andy Warhol started lots of sentences by saying, gee. Is he G. the original Morty? Oh, gee. Oh, gee. Archie. Who would he be talking to, though? Archie Halston. <laughs> Archie Truman Capote. Oh, <laughs> Truman Capote. But Truman Capote actually has more of a Morty voice. <laughs> so then it was a Morty to Morty interaction. Yeah. I wish those people would just die so I could finish my book. Because he was writing about two people on death row, and famously he said that he hoped that they would just be put to death so he could finish up his book. <sighs> it must be heavy to work on it, you know? 
Yeah. Yeah. I had to read one for my English class. It's not pretty. A Chumikaliba? No. A uh, book about people on death row. Oh, okay. It was not pretty. Yeah. What would your... It seems like they're changing the last meal tradition. What would y'all pick as your last meal if you had to choose a last meal to have? My mom's tikuka. Someone told a joke. I don't remember who. But anyone that doesn't pick an all-you-can-eat buffet is an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> and they stay alive forever. But <laughs> all-you-can-eat of my mom's <laughs> tikukas. That's not how your mom works. Do you know that? She would if she's Man, keeping me alive. Israel's mom is such a good cook and playful in the kitchen. <laughs> if there were strawberries and enchilada and it worked so well, what were those things? They enchiladas, 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 mangoes, avocados. Yeah. Wait a second, was this a fruit salad? Why'd you call them enchiladas? <laughs> no, it was delicious. And there were disparate elements or things that yeah. you wouldn't expect, but it worked so well together. We're giving like away light. your secrets. No. Yeah, I'm going to my mama. That's the kind of thing that you hear two things out of context and you try to make it at home and you're like, this is weird. <laughs> Why did I put this in here? What are like the weirdest food things that you made and that you were like, oh, this worked out? You know, we're actually making chocolate chip cookies tonight. We're making vegan chocolate chip cookies, which I made last week because I had a meeting at a company where the boss was vegan. I had thought that the boss was vegan. I think I'd been told he'd been vegan. And then it turns out that he may not be vegan anymore. Who knows? Whatever his diet is is fine. But I was like, oh, when I had lots of annoying vegan friends, they loved it when vegan treats showed up. He'd be like, oh my god, something random that I can actually eat instead <laughs> of like 99% of stuff that comes around. And let me camp. tell you, as cookies go, those were yummy. They as cookies, were not even vegan cookies. Oh. Like cookies. Well, I often have thought that many vegan desserts are truly delicious because of the weird things that they put in to sweeten them and to emulsify them. Sometimes the texture and like the flavor profile is just dancing on my palate. But sugar is vegan. <laughs> Isn't but, it? How many right, things do you have to kill to make sure? There are many things or sweet elements that might have non-vegan elements, and some vegans believe that sugar, because of the way that it's like processed, depending on the type of sugar, may not classify to them specifically as vegan. Okay. You know? But that being said, you know, okay. these are just vegan in like the clumsiest way possible. There's yeah. no like you know There's blood in no them. eggs. Yeah, no. I didn't put any, like, cow's blood in them. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if I'd like those. Oh, yeah. but you know I forgot to put the vanilla extract into the mix, so I just poured a bunch of it on top and I'm letting it marinate. <laughs> oh, no. But we use vanilla sugar. I exclusively use vanilla sugar. And there's lots of, like, dough. I think that the dough will absorb the vanilla. Hopefully not only on the top. I'll mash it around when we cook it. I would love to have a palate so refined that I'd be like, wow, how much vanilla is in this? <laughs> this is, oh my God, the most vanilla-y thing I've ever done. Yeah. It's like a thing that doesn't exist, right? Things can't be too vanilla. <laughs> no. Isn't that that saying? People are like, that's so vanilla. I, I think so. Because at one point, if you put too much vanilla extract, it starts to taste like alcohol. Right, because there's alcohol in it. So oh, vanilla, you're just intoxicated. Speaking of, we could do an extra, extra right now. Ready? Extra, 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 extra. Extra. So, a week or two ago, we were at the supermarket. And I bought a Neapolitan carton of ice cream, but not regular Neapolitan where it's chocolate, vanilla, and strawberry. A vanilla Neapolitan where it was three different types of vanilla, like vanilla bean, home style churn vanilla. I don't even remember what they were because 
I would keep trying to eat them and be like, what is the difference? And also, it was That's not... scammed. <laughs> well, no, I mean, it's vanilla ice cream, and we eat so much ice cream. Yeah, I just was, like, curious, because I was going to buy vanilla ice cream, and then I was like, well, let me see what these other vanillas are. They charge you extra so that they No, it was the that. same price. All the ice creams were on sale, and all the ice creams of that size were on sale for the same price. And I wanted to see what the vanillas were. We didn't get charged for this <laughs> vanilla... <laughs> Like Neapolitan vanilla experience, man. I kept trying to like see the difference, and all I noticed was they had slight different colors. When some were like yellowier than others. Do you like Neapolitan ice cream? The regular? I love it. Really? I don't like chocolate ice cream. I love Same. chocolate, but not chocolate ice cream. We've talked about this before. This I week. love the mixture of vanilla and strawberry, and then oh, like the, usually the chocolate, I would mix sometimes a little tiny bit. But I like would get a really. curl in there. I'd get yeah, a curl yeah, in there just to I taste it, yeah. and pretend it was like a hot fudge element to like the vanilla bite but chocolate ice cream because it just tastes like a fake yeah ice cream flavored version of chocolate right. whereas the delicious thing about chocolate is how it melts in your mouth and like you know what i mean it's like so rich and creamy ah oh, this episode is brought to you by chocolate milk chocolate not dumb dark chocolate for adults <laughs> <laughs> i mean i do like chocolate bits inside of ice cream i like mint chocolate chip a whole bunch and oh. then, like Pablo says, like he doesn't like mint, but yeah, he I will like still still eat mint chocolate chip ice cream and pretend it's not mint. If it's in a dire street situation, like I really want sweets, the only thing is mint chocolate chip because when things are colder, they taste less intense. So mint chocolate chip ice cream doesn't taste that minty. It's just kind of you're like. Oh, I can kind of pretend it's like a weird pistachio-y kind of spicy ice cream. You suck it off the chocolate chip, and then you bite the chocolate chips, and then you have a chocolatey taste to finish, and then you get rid of the mint issue. Yeah, I don't know if I could do that. Yeah. It's not my favorite, obviously. Mint is only for tooth products, pretty much. For what? For, like, tooth products, like dental hygiene products. No. It's mint? for eating. Mint? Yeah. Blech. I love it. Blech. The yerba buena when you're feeling hella sick. <laughs> Mint tea? You don't like mint tea? Some of those teas, sure, are fine when you have, like, a stomach ache or whatever, but I like the stomach tea that I make better. Don't tell anyone Same. my secret recipe. Okay. It's one part soju <laughs> and then two parts tequila. And then a little bit of acid. Speaking acid. of soju, did we talk about how soju has a show where she discusses drag race and she doesn't appear on like 30 percent of them and yeah. i was like how busy was she before she was on drag race no she couldn't show up to her own show yeah so often i think i said that before soju i'm sorry for coming for you but that's what happens yeah getting red i like soju i I'll like say soju. i like soju i want to see more from her yeah i wish we could see more from soju we didn't get any of soju and then like she kind of doesn't really show much of soju on her show even so it's like where are you gonna get your soju watch her live i guess we're, we're gonna have to go find yeah. soju we're not from chicago bitch <laughs> yeah, I feel like she could have played into like the costume parts a little bit more like Evie does. Evie Adler. I'm Evie. Uh -huh. Welcome to the podcast. I'm Evie Adler. Oh my gosh, thank you. How's your ankle? Wow. <laughs> or do you not have it anymore? I am Whoopi Goldberg. Oh, oh girl. Release the greens like or whatever she said. Wow. <laughs> 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 Release the greens to the alien. What's your favorite Whoopi Goldberg project? Not seen any. Don't jump in all at once. Just think about it. 30 Rock. Oh, the team 30 Rock where she talks about being EGOT winner. Can yeah. You believe she has so many awards. And then she starts selling that like weird meatball fryer that uh, Tracy Jordan rejected. That's yeah. what I know her from. And is it your favorite Whoopi Goldberg role? Oh, doesn't she do the voice in a Disney movie? What? 
I don't know. I was just gonna Maybe. say I could see you mentioned ghost. So I was just gonna be like, Oh, she ghost. Was ghost. Yeah. Man, ghost. That's when movies had great premises. No? That was like I wasn't alive at the time, nor was I watching movies because I was poor. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't tell you. Yeah. Sorry, Whoopi. He was too poor for you. Yeah. Whoopi no Whoopi no. <laughs> I hear people like Sister Act. Yeah, people do like Sister Act. It's fine. I think it's just that people are like, oh, this famous woman, and she wears this like costume, so we remember it. She's like a nun or something? Is that the one? Uh, clearly. It's called <laughs> Sister Act. <laughs> and then there's also Sister Act 2, Bad Habit, or whatever it's called. I thought she was just acting as one of the Lohan twins or something. Sometimes, Lindsay Lohan has expressed that she feels her life is so different because she has, and from what I remember, quote, literally experienced every situation. Can you imagine that she feels every single possible situation on earth has been offered to her during her life? She's been a black woman? (laughs) (laughs) She's traveled to the moon? She's a mole person? Wait, let me ask you this. To be serious for a minute, do you think we made it to the moon? Yes. Is it? Yeah, I mean... Ooh, but less... We stood on her. We stood on her. You can see a bunch of garbage on the moon, so you know humans have been there. I've said this before, maybe I've said it on the show before, but any other civilization that can achieve the kind of space travel necessary to reach us would look at the space station on the moon, the moon station, and what we did, and they'd be like, that is adorable. It's like children gluing together popsicle sticks, and like... They think they're so accomplished. I mean, yeah, if they made it to us, yeah. for sure. <laughs> if they made it to us, they can manipulate time space in order mm. to create wormholes. So, like, that's not even an issue. We're getting hella colonized. That, mm. or they're going to be like, oh, they think that you have to manipulate time and space to get to them? <laughs> Y'all are cute. There's actually a theory, not that we're being colonized, but that we're being protected by, like, some sort of federation of interplanetary things that either want to ensure that other things don't mess with us or that we don't completely, like, gain lots of power because there's a turning point in, like, all sorts of, like, planet societies where they learn to harness the biggest thing next to them that is a source of power, all the power from the sun, in our case, where you'd be able... What? That would not work because the no, sun is the uh, most powerful what do you, source. That's what I'm saying. Once we as our planet learns to harness the entire power of the sun is when our society would truly turn a corner, another corner in what we'd be able to do. And so there's a group of planets that have already achieved that, that are keen on allowing no one else to do it. It's like the, you know, universal or interplanetary craft. <laughs> interplanetary version of who is allowed to have nukes i'd say i don't think so. have you guys not heard this do you guys not know people from other planet systems no because my thing with this is that like now leo said no because my thing with this is so he's answering why he doesn't have friends from other planetary systems right now i'm answering why that's what you said you're answering oh he's xenophobic wow oh god damn it Talk sucker. Brought to you by Xenophobia. <laughs> that one hurt to do. No. Planetphobia. What I'm saying is just that, like, if other planets have harnessed the power of the sun. But their like, sun. Their yeah. sun. If they're harnessed the power of their sun, the sun is relatively weak to other stars. Like, there's blue stars which shine. No, no, no. But o- obviously, if you figure out how to harness the power of your sun, that doesn't mean you just can harness the power of your sun. It means that it allows you to do all the technological things, X, Y, Z, that go from that, including like large leaps, where you could obviously travel to any sun. Basically, you could travel to any source of power, no matter how big it is. 
and harness that power. Eventually, obviously, it's not day two of harnessing work. the total power of the sun. You don't know that it doesn't work because Unless it hasn't happened. No, sale. listen to what I'm saying. You cannot say it doesn't work because it just, they haven't done it yet. <laughs> I say this thing sometimes that humans haven't learned how to fly yet. Doesn't mean they no, that is absolutely nonsense. I mean, they haven't even really learned how to store energy correctly. People not having learned how to fly, which they either have to develop wings or grow magical properties, or some sort of major shift would have to happen with the way we interact with our like environment, which could be possible, but it would not be like flying the way you're saying it to be. But what I'm saying is that's much different than being like, there is the most powerful battery hovering near any source of life and being able to harness that power. It's totally different than being like, we haven't spontaneously learned to fly. Although flight is so popular and important that four separate groups have learned to do it. Mammals, insects, and two others. Birds and something else. Dinosaurs. Anyway. Fine. I knew all four groups. <laughs> Reptiles, not dinosaurs. Because proodonts were not dinosaurs. They were other. Uh, you know what? I'm going to edit that out, re-record myself saying it, and then take all the crap. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. You know what? For just when we're cutting into this, would you mind saying that's a good point, P? That's a good point, P. But I want to say that back to the point. Studio 54. But Studio 54 is the name of the actual discotheque. The movie we watched is 54. Yes. FYI. Satan 54. What was his name? Caden? Uh, Maiden? Sh Shane? Kevin? Was it Shane? Shaman? Shane. I, it was Shane. And his last name was like O'Shea? <laughs> yeah. yeah. O'Shea. Shane, O'Shea. <laughs> Shane 54. What did he receive for St. Patrick's Day? A shillelagh. <laughs> <laughs> a monogram shillelagh with his name written on it. A monogram yeah. of a shillelagh. Shane O'Shea shillelagh. Yeah, a friend who is Irish and whose grandparents lived in Ireland for basically their entire lives. He's like, when I was a child and I was forced to talk to them, it was the scariest thing. Their red bloated faces, I couldn't understand them. They'd just be like, <laughs> and I'm like, I can't believe that you were horrified of your grandparents. Basically, he was like, they were like monsters to me because <laughs> there were these like crazy looking creatures that spoke in this language I couldn't understand that sounded like nonsense. And I would just be thrust at them at like gatherings. And I was like, that does sound horrible. <laughs> yeah. So you're Irish, you say? <laughs> this episode brought to you by the anti-Irish group. No, <laughs> I do I choose Anti-Irish. I was no. gonna say, he was given to Kirby or something. Oh, Kirby. He Kirby, the, the, the big pink thing, is yeah. anti-Irish? No, he murders everything in his path, though. So he might be anti-everything that's not himself or strawberry cake. Oh, interesting. I never knew that. Yeah. Thanks he, for teaching me that about Kirby. He's like a monster. Like, honestly. Like, he's my favorite. He goes into different planets and he murders everyone. You're welcome. This is what happens in the yes. game series Kirby? Okay. In one game, I thought he like rode around in like a, a snot bubble. A hamster. Wait, what? He runs around in a hamster. I thought he floated there. around in like a snot bubble and like did stuff. No, no. he rides around on a magical star that can go faster than the speed of light and a hamster sometimes. And like his games are weird. Their villains are really scary sometimes. There's this one game where he like wants to bring dreams back, so he steals a magical oh, rod from Dreamland. Yeah, he I steals he steals a magical rod from somewhere, and then it's like turns out that rod was like 
holding an evil demon in place and then you have to fight that evil demon of nightmares and kill it and then there's some other game where like someone steals his cake and he goes on an adventure to go get it and then in the process like an evil demon gets unleashed into the world and it's gonna destroy it and he's like i want my chocolate cake back so i'm gonna destroy this demon yeah and that's why you can see that kirby is a queer icon (laughs) wait do people really believe kirby is a queer icon I don't. I, mean, I feel like Nintendo gays. I don't know if they're out mm-hmm. there, but he's definitely gender neutral. This is something that Leo had mentioned earlier. We were gonna list what cartoon characters and video game characters were gay or perceived to be gay, yeah. right? Video game characters are we including all LGBT or just gay characters? Because Birdo was a very interesting gay character because Birdo was the villain of her game Super Mario Two. In the instruction manual, it said that very clearly that Verda was a trans character. Really? Yeah. So she mistakenly believes she is female. Interesting. Well, it it, it was back in the day. I'm not trying to be offensive. Is Dracula a trans character? I don't know enough about Dracula. I have not seen Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula. We actually rented Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula, and we should watch (laughs) it because it's fantastic. Yeah. For those of you in the audience who haven't seen, you really should watch because episode 13 of Talk Sucker is brought to you by Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula. Be cultured. If you need one Bram Stoker's Dracula, make it (laughs) Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula. (laughs) Anyway, I love Francis Ford Coppola's Bram Stoker's Dracula. It's my favorite version of Dracula. See me. See See me now. I have crossed oceans of time to be with you. He is the sexiest. Oh my god. (laughs) I would be like, gee, oh my god, which vein can I open for (laughs) you? Oh my gosh. I got some veins on my dick. Ooh. I got some garlic there. Do you have a yeast infection or something? I don't know, that's what my curandero said to do, so... Curandero? Is that like a witch doctor? That's yeah. Like a healer, right? Do you not know about curanderos? <laughs> sure I do. Of course I do. <laughs> yeah, you better. You witch bitch. A curandero is like a witch doctor from like a back in bitch. Mexico. And there's also like curandera, which is the same thing, but like a woman. And like they would just like give you weird as recipes. It so must have been so great to be like a witch doctor so many years ago that people weren't really certain what was going on. And you had access to a few things that like, you know, someone in the witch doctor game was like, you know what? These are drugs that will make you feel crazy for a day. Give them to people and they'll have like an experience. Oh my <laughs> God. I would be shipping everybody out of my village. <laughs> you'd give them them all, be like, yeah. oh, oh, that one was good. I'd be like, that one's a little poison arrow frog. Mixed with <laughs> you try to make them look all cute though, like little potions. And in reality, I'd be like, oh, I think we should wash our hands more though. <laughs> <laughs> My sister, she often sends me articles, and sometimes she'll be like, I want to know if you know why I'm sending you this article. 99% of the time, be like, it's this one specific line or phrase, and she's always like, yes, it's so funny. And in one article was about people who compulsively wash their hands, and the article was like, you know, if you are washing your hands like 30 times a day, maybe you do have a problem. And immediately I was like, wait, does that seem excessive? And she's like, I hadn't thought so. And I was like, yeah, I feel like I could wash them a half dozen times the first like few minutes I'm in the bathroom. You know, because in between every discrete action, you're like, well, if you have some toothpaste, Jerk, little hand wash, you know? If you pee, hand wash, you know? No? Yeah, you should definitely <laughs> wash your hands after you pee. pee. Right. Like, of course, exit, of course, that's a big the urinal, And, like, not washing their hands, I'm like, y'all are gross. Yeah. yeah. Please. 
Like, I can pee twice in, like, 30 minutes if I'm drinking a lot of water sometimes. I feel like if you see someone leaving a restroom... Say something. <laughs> if you see something, say something. But also, if you see someone leaving public restroom, having not washed their hands, but having used the facilities, and not for some extreme case, like, the sink was ripped out of the wall by hooligans, or, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, like, they actively ignore a sink with soap and so water... Bad. And often give those of us who are washing our hands dirty, pitying looks, I've noticed as well. I go to the restroom just to wash my hands, obviously, for some reason. And like a rest stop, there's no like mirror. So like you have nothing else to look around except the people that might assault you. Or Republican senators who might be trying to get your sexy attention. Oh yeah, pull that. This episode is brought to you by closeted Republican senators trying to hook up with you. Mike Pence. Ooh. He's not a closeted Republican senator, babe. He's vice president. Oh. Let's do impressions. I know it's my destiny. (laughs) I choose you and you choose me. Pokemon. Hi, I'm Ash Ketchum. I choose you. No, there was this guy. I had told Pete this before, but he didn't believe me until Saturday Night Live episode came out that like there was this guy who quoted a pokemon movie during a presidential campaign it was uh on last week tonight and it was ben carson i think the guy that runs hud possibly this had come up in like trivia night so what pokemon would be gay mrs mr mime mrs mr mime is gay yeah because they're lesbian but maybe they're transgender they just go by mrs mr I love Mr. Mime. Mr. Mime is one of my favorite Pokemon. Yeah, Licky Licky. Licky Licky's cute. She got a Wi-Fi badly. Licky Licky is popular with the ladies. Because <laughs> she's like, supportive and she listens really well. Oh. Licky Licky brings a U-Haul on her second date. <laughs> he doesn't have any ears. How does he listen? Licky Licky? Oh. does that not. Have I feel like if your tongue were that big and that like important a part of your sensory organs, you could probably hear through the delay <laughs> on your tongue. <laughs> no? If you're talking into That's it. That's why I have a Wi-Fi belly. You just <laughs> plug into it and then type away. So are there any Pokemon that are canon gay, always gay? Canon gay? Pokemon has stayed away from gay Pokemon yeah. media oh, all the time. Oh, the, the talking mouth, I guess, is the only openly out gay Pokemon, No, right? he's not gay. I wish he James specifically was. was. Yeah, James could be openly gay, but he's not. Meowth. Is, is it time for me to do my Team Rocket impressions? Go for it. No. I honestly, I'd have to do some warm-up exercises and drink some water. We're out of water. Eh, what's up with the poison? <laughs> Jesse. That was James saying Jesse. <laughs> that it was his voice saying. Okay. Anyway, about yeah. gay Pokemon. They've been straight it's away. It's Pokemon. But po- go Pokemon. ahead. They have been straying away more from gay people than from Pokemon versus human relationships. Because there's been like, in like Pokemon Darkness XDX or something like that, there was like a girl who specifically was dating her Mightyena. She was like, oh yeah, the Mightyena is my boyfriend. And there was like an episode of the anime where like a guy was gonna marry like a Gardevoir. Or I think it was more like a Gothitelle, which is like a goth Gardevoir, (laughs) basically. What? Yeah. Like, they're more into human ex Pokemon relationships than they are into gay relationships. I cannot believe that their society 
would allow a girl to date a Mayviana and Hetsune Miko would not take me to prom or whatever <laughs> she's doing. <laughs> she's like 20. Yeah. You know what? I'm going to dump her for Jem from Jem and the Holograms. She's truly she, outrageous. She's, now yeah. she's someone I can get into. Hetsune, I'm just kidding. Please come back to me. I, <laughs> I miss you. Hatsune was like, who did you I mention? Know <laughs> Accessing information. Right? Is that how she talks when she looks up things on the internet? Hatsune Miku? Yeah. Hatsune Miku is just like, uh, <laughs> okay, I got all the information I need. <laughs> anyway, yeah. Uh, yeah, Pokemon stays really the hell away from all things gay. But that's weird. That yeah. might change the upcoming season. They made a provocative choice. This is the first game that's going to be in the UK ever. Wait, really? Yeah. Wow. Because. <laughs> Obviously not a provocative choice. I mean, it doesn't seem like a big deal. Brexit? What? So what? Brexit. They, they were doing Brexit? it because of Brexit. And also because I know this for a fact, there's a huge Pokemon scene in the UK. And is it also because they're going to be like putting all the gay spots into it or something? Or like, there might be because the UK has been probably the most progressive country they have based the Pokemon region off of before. Because before it's been Japan. Japan is pretty free, I think. And then the United States. And there's States. Pokemon Brunei. Brunei is a place where they made being gay legal recently. Really? Cool. You get stoned to death. I think we talked about it last episode. How do they prove it, though? Do you just, Pokemon like... Pokemon Morocco. I, I think... I would be going in and being like, oh, yeah, I suck this guy's dick. Kill him. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Go ahead, Leo. What were you going to say? You have to record them doing it? No. <laughs> no, I think they just find them on Grindr. Ooh. That was the thing that Grindr got used for. That's yeah, Grindr was like, post-grind. Weird. Yeah. And you get ground with stones. El morcajete. <laughs> oh, no. Gr Grinders like the new pogrom, like grounding people up for extinction. It's crazy. Speaking of grinding people up, let's go back to Pokemon Go. Because we need some candy up in this. Oh, I have so much rare candy. He has an embarrassment of riches <laughs> with how much rare candy he has. It's really offensive at this point that he complains about not having space. He's got 140. Like hundreds and hundreds of rare candy. They're no longer rare. He has to change the name. They're common. Do we think that Uixie, Mesprit, and Azelf are gay characters? I have only heard their names, and I don't know anything about them. And just because, like, I don't learn anything about the Pokemon until, like, they come into Pokemon Go. So no, I'll tell you next episode, if we have some interaction with them, I'll tell you how gay they are. Okay. They're basically psychic Pokemon who are pixies, and they're all male-looking, kind of. Oh, interesting. And then they kind of have, like, weird haircuts. Not what you would think of, like, straight man haircuts. Yeah. But... We'll talk about this on the next episode ah. once we interact with them. <laughs> She's like fighting with me. Get away from me. Outro? Like the cat was just like all jazzed up and then like, you know, started like play fighting with me. Okay. And then she got caught on my shirt. And so I, when I was pulling my shirt away, she thought I was like fighting with her even more. Play fighting, of course. She's the most docile. She is alarmingly docile. One time a friend who was visiting for dinner, Gaynard was like, oh, but... You know, should we mention Leonard's problem? And I was like, oh, her weight? Yeah, we're dressing it. We got her, like, special food. And she's like, no, she clearly has brain damage. And I was like, how could it be brain damage if it made her better? But I just think she's a sweet cat, you know? Don't you? Yeah, she's such a sweetie pie. Yeah, I agree. I mean, if you're attributing it to some sort of physical damage she received, I mean... I but how could it be called damage if it made her better? Well, look. 
this has been a uh, this has been a good episode. We've talked about a lot of stuff. Leonard's about to start eating plastic and drive me crazy. So why don't we tell everyone where we're available online? Yeah, Thank them for fun. listening to the show and round it out. I'm P. I handle the at Talksucker Instagram page. I guess we also have talksucker@gmail.com if you want to write in and like ask us for any questions. You know. And if you're that one guy who stopped the episode. And then went to go watch Game of Thrones and Drag Race. Definitely email us. Yeah. Talksucker at gmail.com. Israel's available all over the internet in varying degrees of dress and undress and sexiness. <laughs> no, always utter sexiness. Yeah. See me at All My Splendor at Quesanoche, Q-U-E-S-A-N-O-C-H-E. You know, I bet some people think at all my splendor is your name since <laughs> you said yeah. catch me on instagram at all my splendor okay and then leo you're available all over the internet right you're available um nowhere all so right don't even look for me well that was talk sucker episode 13 thanks for listening bye 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 bye, bye. oh here's that outro music it's so good Hi. Thank you.